Welcome back to the Faith Awakens. We, um, our captors have let us go. Um, this is now episode 48 and Father Tom and I are back. I should have said, introduce yourself, Father Tom. Go ahead. Um, just, I'm just, Father Tom. Not that you didn't know that already. Probably didn't from say your name, to okay. the other 47 episodes of this uh, podcast, but yes. And, and of this course, in disembodied voice is the voice of Meg Grady, soon to be graduate and alumni of St. Ambrose, um, like her mother before her. So Wow. That is cool. Yeah. There's a lot of like generational things. You know, there's <laughs> second, third, probably, I don't know. Yeah. Could there be fourth generation Probably. grads at this point that's cool i've well, certainly heard of grandparents parents and children all that yep. have graduated from ambrose so it's entirely possible maybe i will my family will be the one my i'm children. the first last and you only have to go to say ambrose <laughs> my voice is a little raspy guys did, i wonder how much did your did your mom like say hey you should go check out ambrose because that's where i went or um, was there she was, was like uh she didn't really like push it like she wasn't like go to my alma mater you mm-hmm. are a what are the a legacy or whatever they say in like yeah. Greek culture we don't have great culture here but um they uh they she was like oh yeah i went here you know and like we could go visit and a lot of my friends were going to visit too so i'm like okay well i'll go and visit and yeah i came here and loved it it's mm. kind of funny whenever my mom comes like i'll be like oh over in cosgrove and i think that used to be like um, so- south, south hall south hall she'll be like yep. you what's cosgrove and i'm like uh, over there, she's like, "Oh, that's South Hall," and I'm like, "Okay, whatever." All the You're buildings, age. different names. <laughs> um, Rollman used to be East Hall. Yep, yep. And then there's all these buildings they built since she was a student there, yeah. and even since I was. And a that's student there, crazy so. to her too when she comes, and especially you know when she would come and watch my indoor track meets. It's like she's like, "This is insane." <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is insane. Yeah. Where'd your dad go to school? Um, my dad went to Sauk Valley, Sauk Valley. Uh, Community okay. College, which mm-hmm. is where my mom started and then transferred to okay. Ambrose. Gotcha. So. Yep. They both okay. went to the same college, didn't know it. <laughs> yeah, most of my siblings went to public, either Iowa, Iowa State. Um, had one sister go to Central College in Pella. Had a oh, sister yeah. go to, to um, Cornell College in Mount Vernon, I, Iowa. I friend that so goes some there. smaller places like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, oh, anyway. Yeah, so... Poor Rachel's just sitting here. <laughs> I know, she's so patiently waiting. We have a wonderful guest and friend and fellow history major, Woo, um, Rachel Weedman. Welcome to the Faith Awakens podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. So uh, we're, we're nearing the end of uh, our episodes, and we thought, we got to have you on. So um, uh, let me just start by saying, in my best Bostonian accent... Rachel, you are wicked smart. <laughs> oh my gosh. You really are. I mean, like, I'm impressed. I mean, I think I'm kind of smart. Meg, you're smart. Thanks. But she's wicked smart. She's so- <laughs> Rachel is my favorite person to talk to on this campus. Um, I should say one of, because then people will be like, I thought I know, whatever. She's one of my favorite people on campus because she can talk, we can talk about history in a lens that I enjoy talking about, which is like almost like gossiping about the lives of these historical figures. Did you that hear are what so, Henry Clay said about? It's just so funny. And it's like, it's like, can you believe this person, you know, did this or said this? Because um, Rachel, and I'm sure she will mention, like talking about the linguistical side of state statehood and statemanship and um, what you've been really researching recently, right? So yeah, you could talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, my senior capstone for history 
was on the rhetoric of statesmanship during the nullification crisis. So, so good. So good. Yeah. Good <laughs> uh, so the nullification crisis was like this constitutional crisis. Um, so I was really like looking at like, you know, the values that they associate with leadership, especially because they're trying to solve a crisis. So it's kind of under a microscope. Um, but reading the debates in Congress is just <laughs> such a pleasure. Like you mm-hmm. would think it's the most boring thing ever. Mm-hmm. But the way they debated back then is just so lively and mm-hmm. like so sarcastic. The insults are just like yep. on point. So good. Oh my gosh. I imagine it was a lot more like when we watch still today, you can see clips from the British Parliament and they will be kind of hurling insults back yeah. and booing and cheering and kind of jeering at each other and probably more of that. Yeah, yeah. It definitely was much more like that. And like especially that time period so like the 1820s 1830s um oratory was like everything like american yeah. culture was very based on oratorical practices whether it was in congress whether it was sermons like uh-huh. debate halls like anything you name it like oratory is the thing like the newspapers were really like an accessory to that they yeah. like just mm. print speeches wholesale from congress in the newspaper yeah. <laughs> um so it definitely was like very big so like having that ability not only to speak but to speak well and also to you know make it entertaining um really good one of my favorite things i love to mention with henry clay he was one of like the greats everybody who knows me knows i love henry clay Rachel's um, obsessed with henry clay <laughs> he's a really interesting figure though but um yes. he was so good at riling people up with his speeches that the the gallery of congress all the people watching would get so riled up they'd be so noisy that they'd have to send them out because they were being too noisy and too boisterous and they couldn't get work done so (laughs) wow yeah that's cool and you don't that's the thing you don't i think when i was in school you know i'd learn about this stuff and it wasn't until i got to college that i saw these people at real as real human beings who would get people riled up just like people do now and i Mm -hmm. think people look when they learn about it well when i learned about it in school i was like oh this is boring but it really wasn't like if you if you were there, you know, if you put yourself and read it as you were there, it's just it's really interesting. So knowing what you know about this, having studied this pretty extensively for your capstone, um, would you say that our political discourse today is more civil or less civil? Oh, that is a Ooh, good question. That is a really good question because know. things are it's. There's a lot of parallels today with like the Jacksonian period, yep. I feel. Mudslinging. Um, yeah, a lot Lots of mudslinging. Mud mm-hmm. um, they were at least more eloquent in their insults back then, yeah. though. So like, I don't know. I, I wonder if part of it is, though, too, that in that era or in previous eras, you could you could be more kind of bold and brash and saucy, you know, um, <laughs> but then like still leave and have respect for the other and like okay we disagree on this and it's there, there was kind of actually maybe even a f- there was something fun in in the combat mm-hmm. there was something fun in the, it was like a duel it was like a game or it was like a you know um trying to best the other but maybe still a a, a respect that was underlying that you know yeah. and i wonder if maybe we have all of the incivility minus the respect you know yeah. and mm-hmm. then we had then again there are times I know that, you know, fisticuffs broke out on the, you know, the Senate floor and things like that. So, I mean, I, sometimes I look back and I think, oh, we're way more civil now than we used to be. 
but I, I don't know. Well, and of course, you know, social media and all that that's adds it. another element to right. it. But what was, I mean, that's effectively what the newspaper was yes. for its day, right? Yes, definitely. You know? There's some wild stories in the newspaper. But I think I would agree with what you said that mo- definitely not all of the time, mm-hmm. but there was generally, I think, more underlying respect. So I'll take Clay since I already mentioned him. <laughs> he, he'd insult people on the floor all the time um sometimes in really funny ways um but oftentimes he would like then talk to that person afterwards and like make sure because he was most certainly someone who for him like what you do on the floor of congress like you're trying to get things done of course but like when it comes to kind of the rhetorical stuff um like that's more it's more of a game it's like part of it's part of the parliamentary process Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean you don't have that underlying respect so sometimes he'd like go and try to apologize to people not everyone felt that way though because he definitely he did that to andrew jackson when jackson was in congress Mm -hmm. jackson wouldn't like listen to him because for him it was personal and Mm -hmm. he was like no you meant what you said um so not everyone took it that way for some people it's like (laughs) no this is not but there but i think for a lot of them they understood that like we all have a purpose and we're trying to get something done we each have our own motives um and but at the end of the day there was a lot of respect between people who disagreed i have always admired like um and not fully understood but admired um families or cultures maybe even that can have these like big blow up fights and then the next day be like, well, nothing happened. We still love each other. We're brothers and sisters, whatever. Because I think um, we're all from the Midwest. So Mm -hmm. we, I think part of that is like that Midwest nice thing. And like, and so when someone says something that's even kind of slightly mean, we're like, oh, you know, like hurt, uh, really hurt. hurt." Yeah. And we kind of apologize profusely and all this kind of stuff. And I don't know how healthy that is in some ways. I, you know, um, I don't know that I can do anything much to change it. I'm not going to become a New Yorker tomorrow <laughs> and just kind of telling people what I think, you know, and not all New Yorkers are like that, I'm sure either, but, um, you know what I mean? And so I think maybe in, in those political conversations, there were, there was more of this ability to kind of, you know, throw some jabs back and forth and still walk away and be fine with each other. But Sounds like some people took it personally back then, too. So, oh, most certainly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is really interesting. That is really interesting. I, I was thinking, too, about the oratory thing. Like, I don't know. I mean, what's the, when's the last time I ever read a full speech of some, some speech on, on the floor of Congress, you know, and was really kind of enraptured by it? I, I couldn't even tell you, you know. Or even when we get, like, the snippets of speeches, okay. But, I mean, I wonder who who serving in, in the Senate now or in the, in the House are known as, like, really good orators and, and how that does it win votes, you know. Or is it just a kind of about this, like, technical gamesmanship, you know, versus, like, wooing people using the power of reason and logic and and um rhetoric you know yeah i don't i definitely feel like we've lost a lot of the art of oratory um because like it, it really was like an art form and it was something where you not only used your voice but you used your whole physicality yeah. that's why um you know the the like three great speakers of the Jacksonian period were Henry Clay, Daniel Webster, mm-hmm. and to a lesser extent, John C. Calhoun. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but Clay and Webster, especially, they mm-hmm. were 
renowned, like there's one of uh, Webster's speeches, his second reply to Hayne, that like it became an instant classic. Like mm. he gave that speech and they like the next day they're like teaching it in schools yeah. wow. um, because that's how iconic it was. But they would use like their whole physicality. And so it wasn't yeah. just... It, part of it was the art of like your words themselves, what you're saying, how you're saying it. Then it was like what you do with your voice, what you do with your body. So like really every mm. aspect yeah. of speaking. And we don't mm. we don't really have as much of that today, at least from what I see, because you have someone behind a podium, you know, they're reading their thing. Mm -hmm. um, it's much less engaging. Whereas like they both Clay and Webster, they were so engaging as speakers that, you know, you'd have newspaper reporters who were supposed to be writing down the speech. They would be so caught up in the speech, they'd forget to write it down. Like uh, they called it like being spellbound. And that's something wow. huh. that got described for both of them that they were spellbinders. So I definitely think there's a wow. lot of that. Like, do we have anyone you could really say like, maybe we have good speakers, but do we have people who are so good? They that are spellbinding. Yeah, right. yeah. Mm, not so many. Huh. I, I also think we need to get more creative with the insults um, <laughs> yeah. because like I love talking to you about that because you show me stuff that it's like you kind of had to think a little bit about what they said to decipher what the insult was. And now it's just like they tell you blank, you know, nowadays it's more like you are this, you know, yeah. you are yeah. terrible, blah, blah, blah. I think I take offense at that, maybe, <laughs> if I analyze it a little more. Yeah. Yes, yes, I do. Or not even just insults, just like more creative with our language, too. Because yeah. uh, I like to share um, this story. Rachel and I were in a, um, a role-playing oh, yes. class with Larry Skillen, <laughs> Dr. Larry Skillen. And um, what it was like we were... It was I the was constitutional the, convention. Yeah, it was the yeah. constitutional convention. And this was right before COVID hit. Yeah. Like it hit in the middle of our class mm -hmm. and we didn't end up like being able to finish how we wanted to. But Rachel and I, we had a discussion board. I swear <laughs> we were the only people that were writing on this discussion board and we would end it like, um, we would end these letters back and forth and be like, your obedient servant. <laughs> um, what were some other ones? It was so funny. Oh, I don't. You remember. were giving me good ones. That's the only one I can think of because I was like, I definitely went like really ham on yep, because I, yeah. I really enjoy that. And it was like COVID, so I was like at home. I'm like, I got nothing same. better to do. Yep. Um, and I read like so much of this language that like I'm just I'm just able to imitate it really well. So like I had to give a speech that was like, yep. forget this constitution it was so virginia good. plan i'm like new jersey plan because who are you i forget i was, I was a combination of you were uh, two, you were new, two yorkers, um, I was sherman, I Lan, uh, new yorkers um i was roger sherman i remember was it lansing and yates yep that sounds um, right and so they were like arch anti-federalists one of them actually like leaked the infor some of the information from the Constitutional Convention because it was supposed to be secret. That was one of the things I could have done if the game had gone normally. I was so mad. I was going to, like, I was like, mm. if they vote my plan no, I'm going to leak, leak information. Yeah. Um, That's hilarious. It's my favorite but thing. Yeah. I had to give, like, the speech introducing the New Jersey plan. So, and this was, like, after COVID, so we were on break for a little bit. So I was like, you know, in this time of break, I've been reflecting and then I yep. did this whole metaphor where <laughs> yep. it's like I've been, it's like I've been awoken from a dream but it's not a dream it's a nightmare and I was like look at this <laughs> it was so chimera good before it was us. so good like I went That's really awesome. I went really and especially I loved that metaphor because I knew there's this one quote from Montesquieu they all love to quote all the time yep huh. that was another yeah that was another thing we had resources like that yeah that yeah we could quote. and they love Montesquieu so I was just like Montesquieu <laughs> Slavery is ever preceded by slavery. 
sleep so and I, I wrapped it all together I remember, I remember, really I remember we recorded those, right? And we uploaded yeah. them because I remember because my sister was doing, we would do um, our homework in school at like the same table. And my sister was like doing like math and physics and just like struggling. And I'm just like laughing at Rachel's speech. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like writing my response, like looking up like eloquent language I can use because I don't have that background knowing like uh kind of oratory uh that oratory background but it was just so fun and i swear it was only me and rachel on this discussion board like going back and forth it really, really in it depth. Was mostly, i'm sure james got a few good ones james i liked good. james's james speeches Korean. as yeah. well they were really good so good so it was like three of us and then larry's probably reading all this like oh my gosh of course these three See, he knows because that was like the third time I'd done a role-playing game because we had one my freshman year, the first class I ever had with him. Um, and he made me, like, the leader of the Native American side and we, like, ended up kind of steamrolling everyone. Was this, the so then like, he, with the governor and the... Yeah. I took that mm -hmm. one, too. I was I, the yeah, lieutenant I was, governor. I was tedious young. Um, okay. And I actually, I didn't yeah. realize I was doing as well as I I was because by the end of the game, I was like, oh, I got all of yeah. one of my my objectives. I didn't think I was yeah. doing that well. Um, you see, kids, history <laughs> guys, can be fun. It's so fun. Yes. <laughs> That's one of the things like people cool. are like, history is so boring. But like, I'm thoroughly convinced there is something in history everyone would find interesting yeah like there's something maybe it's really niche maybe you only have yeah. like one yeah. specific but there's something for everyone yeah and it's full of drama like anything you could get on a tv show you can get that and more in history oh, yeah. as well it's there's dramatic stuff there's you know really sweet stuff there's inspiring stuff like it's yeah. all there that's no. awesome. So if you are an SAU student and you need to fill humanities, um, take a role-playing class with Larry Skillen. It's Dr. a lot Larry of fun. It's, it's so good. I love you, Larry. If you're listening, you're the best. You're the best of the best. That's I great. love all my history teachers, though. So speaking of history being fun, uh, you're continuing on in this. You're going to yes. grad school next year. Yes, I am. You're going to be a Tennessee volunteer, right? That is correct. That is Very, correct. Well, tell us more about what you will be studying and when that starts and what you're excited about, all of that, because, yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to be getting my doctorate in history. I'm going to be focusing on early American history and specifically Jacksonian period, so um, like 1820s, 1830s, and political and intellectual history. Um, so I really love um, different political philosophies, political theories, um, how those develop, what kind of influences there are on those, and then also kind of like how those ideas spread, what mediums are used, so mm -hmm. like the oratorical culture is something I really want to get into. Um, so things like that. And so this is a program that's master's into doctorate, so it's like yeah. all kind of balled into one. And then the goal, of course, you know, finish your dissertation and uh, go teach somewhere, right? Yep, that's the goal. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, not that you've thought that far ahead maybe yet, but like where do you like ideally see yourself ending up in a smaller kind of college or university setting like this or something bigger or don't know we'll just see where <laughs> life takes me um the truthful answer is wherever i can get a job <laughs> good answer um yeah. but i i think if i had a choice um i'd probably prefer like a medium or a small school because yeah. i don't know i I think there's a lot of value to actually being able to get to know your students and like I don't want to just be up there like my my voice isn't that interesting like I'd rather be able to interact with the students mm -hmm. and have a more 
dynamic classroom that's based on discussion and investigation rather Role than playing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um rather than me up there talking for an hour. Like sure yeah. could that's I do awesome. it? I'm sure. But I feel like that. No. you know. So we should also mention Rachel's been very involved in campus ministry, is also one of our peer campus ministers. And I can tell you uh, that it is I love seeing when, you know, uh, a student here is kind of hitting all these notes. You know, they're they're involved in their major, they're involved in extracurriculars, which I know you both are, and they're involved in their faith. Like that to me is like, that's an Ambrosian. You know, that's to me what it means to be an Ambrosian is, it's not just kind of, it's more than well-rounded. It's more than just like touching bases. It's more, it's, it's like integration. You know, it's, it's, here is a person who is manifold, you know, who is, uh, interesting in more than one way because mm -hmm. they have these interests and pursuits and desires and they find a way even to kind of marry them somehow in in their person you know so i think that is so cool to see yeah so, yeah that is awesome that is very cool and uh meg uh oh. you have some exciting news as <laughs> yeah. well um i'm also going to grad school for the same thing Rachel. no i'm kidding i'm <laughs> just kidding um but I will be calling you, Rachel, to maybe talk to my students or give me some resources because oh, I know absolutely. you're just chock full of knowledge. Literally, um, anytime anyone asks me, it's like, you could get a free lecture because I'm just that excited. Right? To talk I know. <laughs> I'm like, free play? You're just going to talk about it. Um, no, I um, got a job, uh, so that's exciting. I'm at Sterling Challenge, um, which is a middle school in Sterling, Illinois, in a really, really um, nice school district, who I, um, which I admired this school district growing up it's very um mm. well supported by the community and um bigger than my school district so that's mm -hmm. super exciting i'll have some mentors um to work with and help me grow as a teacher but i'll be teaching eighth grade uh social studies that's awesome so there's the constitution in there too so yes. that'll be exciting how did it feel signing that contract yeah it was interesting because um so they offered me the job on tuesday and when did we record the podcast this week uh, it was last monday Okay, because I kind of knew that I got the job because I knew because they called me before I came over here and then I called them back that night uh -huh. and then they officially offered me the job on Tuesday. They sent me my contract Wednesday morning. I signed it Wednesday morning. I scanned it back to them and they approved me on the board that night. Wow. So I knew technically when we were doing the podcast, I was like, okay, I can't tell because it's not official. Um but yeah, I'm really excited. That's very I'm excited. Cool. That's got to be like a relief too. Yeah. Like, huh, okay. Yeah. I guess like a couple weeks ago, my mom and my dad were like, have you gotten like, have you gotten any calls back yet? And I was like, mom, I'm more worried about my race on Saturday. And she's like, Megan, you need to chill. Like you need to worry about this. Like you, you need to be employed. My dad's like, I don't care what you do out there. I need you to get a job. Like, so, uh, so they're not wrong. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But in the moment, in the moment I was like, dad, like guys stop. Like, I just need to focus on this. Like that was like, that's where my priority priorities yeah. like, uh, lied a couple weeks ago, but yeah. no, it was, it was something always in the back of my mind that I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to be, I'm going to leave here without a job, you know? And teaching jobs are so like kind of weird. It like fluctuates, like how many job offers, like, are out like because it just depends on what teachers are leaving and when they're leaving when they put mm. in their notice so it's like kind of hard but um i interviewed only twice um and this was the first interview i did yeah. so so i'm pretty lucky yeah that's cool so that's really a future exciting. middle school social yes. studies teacher yep a grad student and future history professor and uh, me just uh just me just doing my priest thing so doing his yeah. priest thing <laughs> um 
what have you been watching lately, either of you? Because we haven't talked about this in the last couple episodes. So I have a good answer already. I but, know you do. Um, Anything? Have you had time to watch anything in these last couple weeks? Watching or reading, Rachel? See, I don't really watch much during the school year because it's too much of a temptation, and I have too many things. Well, it's just easier to like not watch anything at all than to like do it with perfect moderation. Mm. So I'm just like, no, I'm not. And then the plus side of that is I get a lot of shows I need to catch up over the summer or during the break. So then I don't run out of shows. Um, But I have been reading off and off or on and off uh, Seneca's letters so oh just Seneca's letters <laughs> they're really easy to read though so wicked smart <laughs> so <laughs> going oh back gosh. to that <laughs> wow that's cool oh my gosh yeah. that is very cool um, I've been reading just because I've been helping out with this uh, faith fantasy and philosophy class that Dr. Alfredo is teaching a lot more like fantasy literature this uh, semester wow. than I normally get done usually. So, and we're reading um, The Great Divorce right now. Oh, we nice. read um, we read a, a book that I had not ever read before called The Curse of Chalion, uh, which was really good and some good themes in there too. And of course, earlier in the semester, I was kind of brought in on the faith stuff with like reading some of the Silmarillion and mm-hmm. um, comparing that to the creation myths and Genesis. And so that's been kind of like my, even though it's been work, it's been not work, it's been yeah. fun uh, to do. So, oh. and the other reading I've been doing has just been for my, my own studies, which is not as fun, I'll be perfectly willing to admit not bad interesting (laughs) important but not as fun so but i've been watching um lately and kind of burned through it really quick because i'm kind of like you like it's almost better not to watch because if i do i'm just gonna Mm -hmm. churn through it but i someone recommended that i watch ted lasso um on apple plus and and apple tv and it is really great it is hilarious i've already just burned through the whole season and there's a new season coming out in july but very funny about this, um, you know, of course, American football coach that goes over to England to coach a Premier League soccer team. It's so um, funny. Yeah, it is. It's a, so, Jason Sudeikis, yeah. love. I'm, I'm in love with him. Even before this, he's and such I a good actor. And I was waiting for it to kind of go full Major League, the movie Major League. Like, oh, and but what he does, of course, not giving too much away, is he kind of like he grows on people and he endears yeah. them to himself, and yeah. he actually starts to make some like positive change and the team and stuff like that i mean yeah. it's a very feel-good show but it's also hilarious yeah and it's a really interesting concept so good oh it's so good yeah. what about you meg anything you've been um lately? well i um and i've read the book but um i've been a, a lot a long time watcher of the show the handmaid's tale and mm-hmm. that recently came out with its fourth season um they introduced three episodes like they pushed out three episodes like to watch right now on hulu um so i watched um, the third episode on the bus coming back from the track meet and thank goodness it was dark because I literally was making faces and I was like, I was so, I was like almost in tears watching it cause it's so good. And they're so good at like making this story raw and real. And I feel the emotions that the characters are feeling. It's so good. Mm. Um, if Ella Johnson not, yeah. is listening, uh, Dr. Johnson, we should come together and talk about it because I, th- I need to talk to another person that, that watches it, but it's very good. I have not read or watched any of it. I you know, know of it kind of just in pop culture, but I, have, I haven't uh, It is very good. put very my toe good. in that water yet. So The first the first season is the book. Um, mm-hmm. It does a really good job of bringing that book to life, but then um, they bring um, on the author, Margaret Atwood, um, as a consultant now um, because it is going beyond... Um, the, book. the books so it's okay. it's very very good very hmm. good 
Interesting on stuff. On Hulu. <laughs> Sponsor me. <laughs> See, that's the thing, is there's so many of these darn streaming services, and I'm like, yeah. I like one show on each of them, and so I end up subscribing to all of them, and like, Argh. Oh, well. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, well, I think technically, I could probably drop the Apple TV while I'm still in my free trial period um, real quick here, but... Uh, that yeah. show's worth it. It's so good. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, um, I know uh, we got to wrap up here, but it has been great to have you on the show, Rachel, and all the best to you as you graduate here in a couple of weeks and go on to grad school. Uh, Meg, we still got two episodes left because we're going to make it to 50. Yep. So this is episode 48. We got 49, 50 left. So not saying any goodbyes to you yet. So, yep. <laughs> um, all right. But, oh, well, since you let us off, yeah. I suppose it's only right that I bring us home, right? As yeah. we usually do. And I always mess this up because I never do it. All right. Uh, may the faith be with you. And, and with, with your, your spirits. spirits. Have a good week, everyone. <laughs>